Well, good morning and welcome to Local Matters. We are talking about education matters today. And our special guest is is Angie Dyer, a middle school ELA teacher. We're going to talk about ELA, Angie. Uh, ELA teacher at Prescott South Middle School. Angie, we're delighted that you're here. Thank you for inviting me. Well, we're just excited about everything we're going to learn about the start of the year. Why don't you uh, begin, though, by telling our listeners a little bit about yourself? All right. I am a Cookville native, born and raised right here in Cookville. I went to Putnam County Schools, graduated from Cookville High School, attended Tech, graduated from Tech. From there, they have a phenomenal educational program. And after that, I was hired at here at uh in Putnam County at Prescott. Um, then it was Prescott Central Middle School. Now we're Prescott South, and I have been blessed to spend all of my 23 years at Prescott. That's amazing. And my office for the last 10 years has been in Prescott Central Middle School, in the the old junior high school, yes. as my kids called it. Uh, and uh, I just moved this past week back to Derryberry Hall. So I've uh, I've moved to a, to a new office. But so you started there, too. That's that's great. Well, uh, we mentioned as we uh, introduced you that you are an ELA teacher. So explain English language arts to everyone. We are ELA. We are a combination of reading, which is fluency and comprehension, along with writing, and that incorporates grammar as well. Um, in our reading, we will take a text. We reread a wide variety of texts, whether it be informational text, uh, historical fiction, realistic fiction, poetry, chapter books. We read them all. Um, and we analyze the text. We break it down into uh, smaller chunks where we can dive deeper. We interact with the text. We make notes. We draw connections. We summarize. That really helps us to comprehend and understand more of the author's purpose. It also helps us to comprehend what the the message, the central focus, the theme, the main idea the author's trying to get across. The more we work with it, the more we analyze it, the more we're able to remember and comprehend it. As we teach, we give them the strategies they need to do this. That's in their toolbox. So no matter what text they're reading, they have those strategies they can pull out and use. Um, as far as the writing, it's very, very much similar to the reading. It could be a wide variety of texts. They will read it. They'll analyze it. And then they'll be given a prompt where they respond, whether it be informational, whether it be persuasive or narrative. And they just use those tools um, and incorporate the grammar as they're writing. So so they're really getting into uh, not just the words in the story, but the meaning and the context of the story. And- oh, yes. Drawing connections. Where, uh, a big term is inferencing, where we it's, it's not spelled out for us. And by working with the text and digging deeper, we are able to draw our own clues, make predictions. Sometimes they're right, sometimes they're wrong. But either way, we're interacting with that text. Now, you primarily teach fifth graders. Is yes, that right? Yes, sir. So fifth grade is sort of a transitional year. It is. Um, what's the most exciting thing about teaching fifth grade? Um, I'll just have to tell you, it is the students and the energy they bring. Um, being fifth grade, they are new to middle school. Everything is exciting. Everything is new, and that is so contagious. The, uh, we get excited about the lockers. Um, we are excited. <laughs> 
<laughs> we are excited about uh, everything is bigger. The auditorium, the cafeteria, just the amazement and the excitement they have. Pep rallies, home games, dress up days, a first ever homecoming week. Um, they are just excited about everything and that is contagious and we're excited about everything. We're dressing up with them. We are cheering in the in the stands with them at pep rallies. We are, um, it's just, it's, it's just contagious. We're all on the same team together. And that's, that's got to be exciting. And at the same time, I'm sure it's challenging to a fifth grader to look around and see some bigger kids in the, uh, they've just come out of being the biggest uh, uh, or most experienced student in the elementary school. And now they're back being a freshman again. They are. Um, and that's what's great about fifth grade is we're all on the same page together. We're all new, whether you have been in Putnam County Schools all of your school career or whether you're from another county or even another state. Um, we're all on the we all come in on the same page. We're on the the, the playing field is leveled. Um, we're all feeling the same nervous the same excitement so we all get each other and so it's 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 we're forming some of the same friend groups and yet we're forming new friend groups um we're all they're all learning and growing together that's what i think makes fifth grade unique so because they are coming in from different places in a lot of cases in this fifth grade and and so you do get to get to see a lot of a lot of new things well you've We've gotten through the launch of the school year in Putnam County, so just barely through it. But how has the launch gone? Um, we This is our first, although it's week two, it's our first full week of school. And my goodness, the change from, I was just telling someone, uh, another adult in the building yesterday, the change from last Wednesday to this Wednesday is impressive. It was remarkable. I was like, wow, we are getting into the routine. Things are settling down. And I, I was I was just very impressed in a positive way. Um, they're just They're just knocking our socks off. We're proud of them. And I guess parents have had to make that adjustment, too. Uh, they always do. But, oh, yes. Uh, I feel the parents, the students are more ready for middle school than the parents are. Um, <laughs> it's a big step for them. Um, I bet. I, the, the students have been looking forward to middle school since probably Christmas time in fourth grade. So they're ready to go. Um, it's, it's a big step for uh, for the parents. Um, but that's understandable. <laughs> well, it's sort of a coming of age kind of time for the student and they can feel that can't they oh sure 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 sure. well that's um that's great well let's let's talk a little bit about your class and i know you've only seen them for a week or more at this point but tell us about the students in your class how many have you got Uh, just tell us about them okay um my students are all uh around nine or ten years of age um we have class sizes anywhere from, say, 21, 22 to 26, 27. Um, and um, we're all learning together how to change classes. We're all learning together um, just how to find new locations in a new building and having multiple adults in your schedule uh, versus maybe just one. So we're all just learning together. And I and I must say they are learning quickly and they are doing well. They are a sponge and they're soaking it up. And I, I'm, I'm proud of them. But I guarantee you're already seeing different personalities in this group. Oh, and, yes. Uh, that's part of the fun of it, I guess. Absolutely. Is. Yes, yes, yes. Well, they... Um, they just they've got so much to blend together at this age and 
and so many different things uh, going on that it just um, it's got to be exciting. I I remember my fifth grade teacher and and she had her hands full. <laughs> <laughs> I remember mine as well. Well, that's uh, I think that's part of the um, part of the fun. What are what are the the important things that you want them to take out of this year, both in terms of classroom learning and just experiential kinds of things too. My main focus is for, and I think it's for any grade of 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 any subject, no matter what it is. I want these students to be engaged. I want them to love what they're doing, to like what they're doing. And if they can stay engaged and develop a love of learning and just have a hunger for it, no matter what the age, the grade, the subject, I think that would be anyone's, you know, ultimate expectation and hope for their students for the year. And how about from a state curriculum perspective, what are the... um the essential learning outcomes or the essential skills that um, at the end of the year they've got to demonstrate? Uh, Yes, those strategies that we talked about with reading and analyzing and breaking it down, summarizing, um, being able to, um, if you give your answer, being able to back it up with text evidence, being able to go back and recall that, whether you quote it directly from the text or you put it into your own words, um, that is what they are looking for. If If you are doing a writing prompt and they're asking you a and they're asking you for a question, can you address that question based on the text you've read? That is what we're looking for, and those are the things that we stress all year. We practice it with different types, so no matter what text they're given, they're not shocked, and they have a toolbox of strategies that they can use that they can just pull out and be like, oh, I saw this when we studied civilization, so here we are. Uh, so they're, they're ready to go. That, that's our ultimate. Is we don't want them to be surprised. We want them to have plenty of time to practice those strategies with different texts, so no matter what, they feel confident when they are given a task. And when you get to the end of the school year and the TCAP environment begins to come around, um, what kind of, uh, how do you judge those kind of things? Those are those are more subjective than being able to do a math uh, problem. So how how are those judged from a state outcomes perspective? Um. Well. Or just from your own perspective? From my own perspective. um, Lots of times they are asked, if this is the answer, can you back it up with text evidence or what, um, which one, which details helped you to find, you know, that uh, as a lot of uh, two-part and multiple-part questions. So um, as long, you know, if they can use their deductive reasoning skills Mm -hmm. and choose the answer that backs up their answer, then I feel that they've had success. And they probably feel pretty good about it at that point because they're doing things that they couldn't do a year before. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. They really do grow a lot in fifth grade ELA. And I assume some students um, go into that naturally and others, it's it's uh, they go in a little bit kicking and screaming in terms of developing those those skills that you're trying to pull out of them. Oh, sure. We all learn and grow at different rates and that's what that's what's amazing um but this group whether it's on in basketball or whether it is on the drums or whether it's in chorus or whatever it is we're all learning and growing and we learn at different rates and it's great um that's part of the fun of it absolutely that's how we learn yep yep 
Well, uh, we've gotten through a, a first session here. We're going to take a quick break, and then we'll come back and, and talk some more. What's so important about shopping with locally owned businesses? When you shop local, your hard-earned dollars stay here in the community, helping to benefit your friends and neighbors, local schools, roads, and all aspects of community life. But what happens to my money if I spend it online or at a national chain store? In most cases, the profits go far away, out of state, corporate headquarters, or even overseas. It doesn't take any extra effort to shop local. Office Mart on South Jefferson and Cookville is your locally owned office furniture and supply store. For over 35 years, they've been proud to serve businesses in the Upper Cumberland with quality and value. You get real customer service, too. And unlike shopping online, you can actually see and try out the large inventory of office furniture in their showroom. And when it's delivered, it's not a box on your step. They're glad to install and set up everything. Office Mart. There's no other locally owned office store in the region. South Jefferson Avenue across from Hardee's. Shop local at Office Mart. Well, welcome back to Local Matters. We are talking to Angie Dyer. And Angie, at fifth grade, what are the challenges that your kids face? I know you see a lot. What do they both, what baggage do they bring to the classroom? But what academic challenges are there, too? I would say their main challenges are changing classes and lockers. <laughs> no, I say that jokingly. Yeah. However, but I do, I do feel that is, uh, that is their biggest challenge. What we tell the children, um, when they come in, we're like, guys, your biggest challenge, your hardest part of the day is getting here. Once you're here, we fall into the routine. We fall into the pattern. And there is an adult in every single classroom that um, no matter what um, academic struggles there may be, whether they're having trouble with this topic or they're excelling, we meet every child where they are. We give them whatever tools they need to be successful. So we tell them, guys, as long as you show up, we're going to work. We're going to model the practices. We're going to work hard. We're going to sweat right with you. And we're going to make it happen. So we're going to be right there with you, coaching you and cheering you and encouraging you along the way. So as long the biggest challenge is getting there. And once they're there, we're going to make it happen. And I know getting there for some of them is a challenge. I mean, they, they come from different home environments and uh, different environments away from school. Some of them have tremendous academic support and, um, and some don't. And I guess that's just um, uh, always been true in in most school systems. Yes, I, th- I think we're all diverse and from diverse uh, backgrounds and yeah. cultures. And I feel like that is what makes us unique and individual. And that's what helps us uh, to learn from each other. And um, I think that's true no matter what age or what career you go into. So, And sometimes uh, that that experience that is has been a bit more challenging that may actually help them relate to a story in a different way than someone who's never had that experience. Absolutely, absolutely. And I love hearing them share their personal experiences and their backgrounds. Uh, please share. <laughs> so we like for them to to take an active participation in our discussions. So I know even even in graduate school where I did most of my teaching the last 20 years or so, uh, I would have – MBA students, some of whom came from engineering backgrounds and others from uh, uh, totally different kind of backgrounds, teaching or, or sociology or whatever, and, and also just different experiential backgrounds. And they came into a problem quite differently. So that's, um, 
that's good to have all that ex- that kind of blending in a class. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And I imagine for what you teach, where you're you're dealing with the the uh, the the language and the 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 creative side of of things, it's even uh, even a bigger challenge. Well, th- let's talk a bit about your your fellow teachers. Um, teachers face challenges every year too, so. Let's talk about some of the challenges you've seen teachers face and um, maybe what the community can do to help you. Well, um, I think our biggest challenge, right, regardless of subject, grade, um, age, um, I feel our biggest challenge is time. Um, we are held to high expectations. We hold our students to high expectations. Um, and we want to, we want to get in the skills and the practice. Um, but we also want to do the fun things. <laughs> and then we have other required, uh, daily tasks that we have to do. And so we want to do the skills. We want to practice. We want to do the fun things. We want to take field trips. And so it's just kind of hard to fit all those in sometimes. So, but we do our best. And I think we do a, a fantastic job in this county doing it all. I think this county really does support its teachers in in many many different ways, and and it's a great county to uh, at least we've got a really good uh, education framework here. Well, speaking of field trips, uh, what kind of things do fifth grade do? What kind of things happen in fifth grade that might be field trips, or what kind of things happen with teachers? Okay. Um, as far as field trips, we're, we are, uh, lucky enough that in this community and in our area, we have, um, we have, we have a wide variety of things that we can do. We have the STEM Center at TTU. Uh, we are able to go there. Um, we're not too far from visiting other places such as Nashville or Knoxville and things like that. Um, I know we go to zoos and we go to, I know the younger uh, grades go to Amazing Acres and things like that. We're lucky enough that we have lots of things just right here in our backyard that we are able to go and just to enrich those experiences for our students. Um, we also use the Drama Center and any uh, performances um, that are, are being put on here. So um, there are just lots of things that that we have at our at our disposal, and we are very um, grateful for those. And roughly, how many would you do in a given year? How many chances are there to get the kids out into into a field environment? Um, we try to take. We are trying this year to try to take one at the beginning of the year, and then again at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Well, that's great. That's great. It's, I know it's uh, the, the students look forward to it. Oh, well, sure. Also. So do the teachers. <laughs> oh, yeah, and the teachers. Yeah, it's, it's a great day for, for everyone. Well, uh, how can parents help you best this year? Okay. Um, it's totally free. No money required. Um, my biggest idea to help your students would be to um, just re- let them read. Um I ask my students, please read, um, depending on the age level, 20 minutes a night, 10 minutes a night, maybe it's 30 minutes a night. Um, and I, I tell them, I don't like being told all the time what to read. That's fine. We don't have to tell them what to read. We want to encourage a love for reading and a love for knowledge. Um, just enjoy reading, whether it be, I tell the students, it can be, and I also uh, I'll discuss with my parents as well, it can be a gaming strategy book if that's what they're into. Um, it can be if it's an online blog that the parents have approved for them to read. If it is a a, a cookbook, if that's what they're, uh, if, that, if they're interested in cooking, what as long as they are immersed 
into text for around, you know, whatever time limit you've set, depending on their age level and grade level. Um, as long as they're immersed into text, that's all that we could ask because the experiences that they will read, um, and the growth that we will see from being in text uh, every single night will only help foster and bleed into the other uh, subject levels as uh, subjects and grade levels as well. So that's all that we ask there. And just um, ask your students what they did during the day and, and ask them to be specific. Hey, well, I know you did this in science, but what does that mean? Or I know you talked about this in social studies. Tell me a little bit more about it. Just get them to uh, restate and put it into their own words. They're summarizing. That's an ELA skill. <laughs> we would appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing how many different things a parent can do, and it's it's perfectly okay for a student to see a parent reading too. Isn't Absolutely, it? if we have a time when it is um, when we when it is like a drop everything and read or um, on your own, I also model that as well for my students. I want them to see me reading as well. Yeah, I think it's really really important, and, and again, it doesn't matter so much what it is as the fact that they are they are reading um, what students at fifth grade level and middle school level they they're going to need some emotional support from parents along the way too the world seems to be ending every now and then um, what can parents do that most helps you out there um well i think it's something that even we as adults probably need to kind of get kind of tell ourselves as well is um, give yourself a little grace. You know, it's okay to mess up. It's okay to make a mistake. I have a sign in my classroom that says mistakes are proof that you are trying. I said, it's okay to make a mistake. It's not okay to quit. You know, I said, so we're going to mess up. We're humans. We're not perfect. I said, you're going to see me mess up during the class. I'll tell you the wrong page number. I'll tell you, you know, I said, we're human. We make mistakes, but it, it's give yourself a little grace, you know, and uh, mistakes are proof you're trying. Mistakes are um, a really important part of learning, and <laughs> we'll take a little bit of break, and then we might come back and talk about that a little bit. Well, welcome back to Local Matters. We are talking to Angie Dyer, and we're talking about ELA experiences in the fifth grade and about the challenges of, of middle school also. But, Angie, we were talking before the break about mistakes, and uh, we've all made mistakes. Uh, one of the One of the stories that... In, that I was required to read in graduate school uh, was called Learning and the Art of Bicycle Riding. It asked all of us to think back to how we learned to ride a bicycle. So you might have gotten a lecture from your mom or your dad about it, maybe one or two. You might have watched a video. You might have even had a little manual. But until you get on that bicycle and start riding it, you really aren't learning. At least my memories, my biggest learnings were when I had wrecks. And so uh, a bloody knee or a, a stubbed toe, uh, I, I learned from those experiences. And uh, that, that author's point was we learn a lot from our mistakes. So I'm sure that's true as students uh, go through fifth grade and as they go through ELA topics. Oh, absolutely. You know, that's how we learn yeah. is we make we make a mistake and we learn from it. We do better. When you know better, you can do better. Um, yes, the first thing that one of the things that I do before we take a test or a quiz or the first daily grade, I put the word fail on the board. And they're like, wow, Miss Dyer, this is encouraging. <laughs> and I said, no, hang on, hang with me just a minute. Stick with me. 
And I said, I'm using this as an acronym. And they, they, they said, okay. So that gives us a chance to dive into that. Uh-huh. Um, and I tell them that the, each letter of fail stands for another word. And fail is your first attempt in learning. And that's why I tell them, I said, those of you that have siblings um, that are toddlers or maybe older, you can remember when your younger siblings were toddlers. I said, they didn't just stand up and start walking. You know, I said, they took those first little steps and they had to fall a lot. You know, and they take a few more and they fall. But the more they get back up and that that's how you learn. I said, you know, nobody just got up out of their walker and just took right off into jogging. So I said, that, that's your first attempt in learning. So, you know, we may not do everything. We may not do everything perfectly. So whatever we mess up on, that's our first attempt. We'll learn from it. And then when we know better, whatever Whatever the problem was, the gap was, we once, once we close that and we learn from it, then once we know better, we can do better and grow and keep moving forward. And, and it's, it's so important. It's, it's a little hard to understand that when you've got a bloody nose or when you've, um, you've got all those red marks on your paper. But you can learn from that, and it's part of the learning experience. I remember a, uh, a professor in graduate school out at Tech, that colleague of mine, and um, she would tell graduate students, you all are, you've already got a college degree. You're, you're pretty good at what you do, but I am going to attack your paper. I am going to really challenge you on what you write and how you write it. And their first few papers to that professor, this is in an MBA program, so it's, it's business students, but their papers would be butchered on grammar and on pagination, things like that, and they would be so upset with her. And then by the time they got a job and started doing real-world things, they would come back and say, turn that entire program over to her. She taught me discipline, and she taught me how to look at things differently. So you learn a lot that may not even be where the commas or the periods are. It's, It's even more important. Absolutely. Um, I always, uh, something else I usually have a quote in my room up as well is I tell my, I tell my students that, okay, if we didn't do what we want, let's, let's look at it. Let's break it down. Let's look at it. Let's learn from it. Next time we'll do better. It's okay. It's not the end of the world. It's okay. We all learn. We're not perfect. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to tackle this. We're going to get it. I tell them guys is, you know, maybe you struggled on this. You know, let's have, let's look at our expectations here. I said, guys, if you improve 1% today and then you improve 1% tomorrow, you know, you don't have to set an astronomical percentage. You don't have to say, I'm going to be 95% better tomorrow. You know, let's improve 1% today, 1% tomorrow. And in a year, within a year, you will have grown and improved 365%. And I, th- I think that's, that's, that's great for me as an adult, as yep. well as for my students as well. It Once is. again, I, give yourself a little grace. <laughs> yep. Amen. And, and it's important that parents go along with that support, isn't it? And help you help them. Oh, absolutely. If they see it modeled by adults, they're going to uh, pick up on it and be able to live that way as well. Well, you've been in middle school teaching for quite a while now. Mm-hmm. Tell me about some of the happiest memories from that teaching experience. What comes to mind? The happiest times, I don't know that I can actually just pinpoint a certain time, um, but I can tell you some things that stick out um, in my mind is um, when we have events like games or pep rallies or whatever it be, dress up days or whatever it might be. And, and, and 
I just jumped right in there with the kids and I'm dressed like them, looking like them, acting like them. And they're, they're just like, wow, she's right in here with us. You know, they're, they're like, oh, you know, she is, you know, we can be on the same team and we You're can. You're human. Yeah, I'm human. <laughs> um, that, that's fun. They, they, they see us in a different light. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of growth there. Um, and so, and then also I think one of the, a lot of the thing, a lot of the situations that stick out in my mind is when I have graduating seniors. They've graduated and they get out a few days before like of the week or the few days before everyone else does. And they actually take time out of their own personal time, their own personal day. And they come by and they're like, can I go see Miss Dyer? Seven years later to come back to me and be like, hey, Miss Dyer, I'm graduating now. And the fact that they want to you know, communicate that with me and spend time with me. That is to, to know that seven years later, they still remember my name and who I am <laughs> and what I teach. That is the, I think, the biggest compliment that you could that's give great any educator. To you, there's no question about that, and and that's that's the happiest moment probably. It is. When, it is when You're you the, see the proud, the, the yeah. proud, so the, the proud parent feeling. That's you know? right. <laughs> that's right. Well, how about this year? You've only had a week or so, but. Uh, other than the happy moment that the, the, the lines, the car lines aren't too long and things, uh, everything going well? Very much so, very much so. They are they are taking the ball and running with it. They're changing classes. They're getting used to it. They're they're um, they're not mistaking me for other adults and calling me the wrong name. Uh, and they've 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 got several adults that they see throughout the day. So I'm, I am super uh, pleased and proud. They know that they're getting the daily routines. I'm not having to come in and give it. They know. Oh, we come in. This is what we do. Here we go. They are just like I said before. They are knocking our socks off. They are making a strong lasting impression. Well, that's great. And and they are just about to get to the point in the school year where they'll see the new clubs that are available to them, the new – some of them are in athletics, and they've already been out uh, working in, in whatever team they're in. But in your opinion – these extracurricular activities, are they important for kids? Oh, absolutely. Um, I played them as well growing I up. And I played them. And um, and you, you can learn things in different environments that you can't always learn. Um, you know, you, you learn other – you learn skills at home that you can't learn in the classroom. You learn skills in the classroom you can't learn on a team. And you learn things on a team you can't learn anywhere else. That's right. Um, I feel it's, it's, it's really – um, sometimes you learn how to work on work as a team to where it's not all on you. Sometimes we have to learn to let others help us. And um, you know, different people bring different things to absolutely. the team. Absolutely. Um, I think we have to learn that it's okay to let others to help us on a team. Um, there's not one individual that carries the whole team. It's part of a team, a team network there. Um, I feel like we have to learn to let others help us and we have to learn to, oh, to kind of be aware of when your teammate is struggling and, hey, I can help them, you know, uh, to learn to have that awareness, um, to look out for those on your team. I think it's important for us to learn to win gracefully, uh, gracefully and to lose gracefully. <laughs> <laughs> and that's something parents need to sometimes be reminded of, too. The, the graceful uh, side of being a parent is sometimes a challenge when we've got our kids out there on the field and whatever. Well, I, I, I agree with you. I think um, sometimes the extracurricular activity is uh, just as important at a certain time in the learning experience as the, the classroom activity can be. 
Absolutely. We do incorporate a lot of group work. Mm-hmm. Um, and so sometimes the group might be three, sometimes it might be four or five. Um, but it's great to know that, and, and, and your role in that group may shift and change. Um, but I think it's great to know, okay, I'm bringing a skill and a talent to this team that the others may not be bringing. And I think it's great that they learn to work together. And um, if they have experience on a team or in an extracurricular activity, they can bring that and model it for others who are learning, who are just beginners at that. I I think those, those are skills that we can use in the classroom as well. Yeah, sometimes that'll bring an interpretive side to a story to the classroom that, uh, other students will will not have seen. If they can draw a connection to a text from a personal experience, yep. then they're more apt to remember that. Well, we've got just a little bit of time left. Let, let me take you back to your college and your high school experiences. What favorite professor comes to mind? You can either name the name or you can just say this is what they were so great at. Oh, I don't care to name a name. It is Dr. James Akinson. How about that? <laughs> I, I saw don't James care yesterday. Yes, yes, yes. Um, the reason that he sticks out in my mind is he was an educator, um, but he was also an entertainer. Um, I felt like I blinked three times and the and the class was over. Um, <laughs> no day, no two days were alike. Uh, but he was also a facilitator. You know, he lets you learn by doing. He modeled, and then you learned by doing. Um, no two days were alike, and um, he created that love of learning for me as well. And also, that was my education classes. Um, as far as my early courses, before I got to my specialized education courses, I would probably say that I had some history professors uh-huh. who put a new spin on history for me, where, um, once again, it was just telling different perspectives, different sides, um, just Telling it like a story. Yeah. And once again, I blinked three times and the class was over. So, and, that, and that's now what you do for a living is talk about I hope those so. stories. And I things. hope so. I hope my students are that they are that I model for them what they need to show. And then I hope that that I'm the facilitator and also the entertainer. And I hope that the class goes by as quickly and that they're just totally engaged. Well, thank you, James Akinson. And thank you, <laughs> Angie, for coming in and spending the the time with us. Uh, thanks for what you do, and uh, we'll look forward to hearing great things about this year. Thank you for your support and encouragement.